Deuteronomy 31, verse 8. The Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. To what or whom do you turn when you are in the middle of a terrific storm or experiencing a terrible loss? Someone? No one? Anyone? Are there any truly safe people in your life who would comfort you in your time of need as opposed to someone who is inspired to review how you fell short and could have done things better? I think most of us tend to first look to what we know, like someone or something that has helped us in the past. Sometimes, though, trying to get hold of what seemed to work before just doesn't resolve anything, and we keep coming up empty-handed. In the late hours, sitting, searching, and thinking, we walk the paths of our remembrances, we talk to a spouse, a parent, or a friend. They mean well, but often it seems their counsel is almost cliché, appearing to, offhandedly, say things like, Just give it to God, my friend. Or, Your loved one is in heaven right now, looking down and smiling on you. Let me say again, they mean well. But maybe an understanding smile or a silent hug many times is a much better reply. Most of us, I'm sure, appreciate the friendship offered us. But truthfully, we would like something a little more solid. Honestly, we want an answer, even when we aren't too sure of the question. Our national news and media service gives us the feeling that they're working to cut the Christian faith off at the knees. But after a careful inspection, I find the Bible is a lot more solid than its critics and even many of its advocates realize. It has consistent lines of thought with which we can base our lives. If we look and are willing to put God's directions into motion, we will find solutions to life's most difficult situations. God's justice and mercy, His offer of eternal life, the source of faith, hope, wisdom, love, strength, and kindness, it's all there. 2 Corinthians 1, 3-4 Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves have received from God. I'm Social Porter, and thank you for joining me here at Outposts, cool jazz and contemplative conversation, just for you at the right time in the right place. You're not listening in this evening just because you just happen to be tuned in. <laughs> no, no, no. Nothing just happens, and the truth is, I seriously doubt 
there is actually any such thing as happenstance. This evening's topic is about one of the Lord's attributes, which is comfort and consolation. He is called the God of all comfort in 2 Corinthians 1.3. In the spelling of the Hebrew word for comfort and consolation, in its very root is the idea of God's support toward those who breathe strongly for sorrow. Did you get that? Toward those who breathe strongly for sorrow, weeping in grief. He is compassionate and kind to sad and weeping hearts and is the master of consolation. Stay with me this evening. Let's get it underway, so tap your toe, dream a little, and I'll be right back. There was a time in my life many years ago when I seemed far from the Lord. Not out, just far. It wasn't the Lord who moved. It was me. It was me. It was me. I had lost the focus of my life's point of convergence and, like a boat untied from its moorings, I ebbed obliviously farther and farther away from Jesus. When I came to myself, I was in a panic in my heart. I felt in danger. I know that sounds odd, maybe, but it's the best way I can think of to describe what was going on. Feeling vulnerable and in danger, I turned to my Bible in an effort to recenter on Jesus, the source of my peace. Psalm 94, 19. When anxiety was great within me, your consolation brought joy to my soul. When life confronts us with terrible loss and we can't seem to find our feet again, God's offer of comfort and consolation stands unwavering. It is not God was the God of all comfort, but He is the God of all comfort, and the declaration in 2 Corinthians will never fade. That is always true. A.W. Tozer said, The Word of God once spoken has never ceased to be said. In our society today, in our nation, from the chief of staff to the saddest street person imaginable, we all seem to have a need to blame someone for everything. In almost every news report of tragedy and sadness, 
The media service is always on a witch hunt to find out who was responsible and who is to blame for travesty and badness. Know this, it wasn't God who did this to you. And yes, he did know those things would happen. God knows the end from the beginning, but his knowing is not his determining. Catch that and let it sink into your ears now. Listen, God's knowing is not his ordaining. Just because he knew I would skin my knee doesn't mean that God ordained that I should skin my knee. Similarly, just because he knew unfortunate things would happen to us doesn't mean he designed and implemented those things to happen. And if God didn't set those things in motion, who does that leave? If the Lord isn't the one whispering doom to you, then who does that leave? That's right. It's not God, and it's not you. So who does that leave? When confronted by inconsolable loss, consider our examples from the Bible. Job 6.10 says faith is a consolation. He wrote, Then I would still have this consolation, my joy in unrelenting pain, that I had not denied the words of the Holy One. David writes in Psalm 119 verse 50, My comfort in my suffering is this, Your promise preserves my life. And verse 76 continues, May your unfailing love be my comfort. Isaiah wrote in chapter 49, verse 13, For the Lord comforts his people and will have compassion on his afflicted ones. God speaks to his people in Jeremiah 31:13, I will turn their mourning into gladness. I will give them comfort and joy instead of sorrow. The Lord knew that even the kindest words are not consolation enough when we are pressed by death and loss. As a result, He went the next mile and sent His Son to save us, and sends His Spirit to bring us to Him. Jesus is our consolation. Jesus told his disciples, Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. It seems to me that we have often heard the words of Jesus as if he were making a speech or something. But 
Do you think maybe his words in Matthew 5, 4 were not just a speech, but more a sincere offer to do just exactly what he said? His words were not part of some speech to gain support, raise money, or gain a following. He was and is making an offer in that he's offering to help comfort us now if we will turn to him. Yes, if we would only turn to him and say, Is that offer still good? Or how about, Lord, I'll take you up on that offer of comfort, because I sure could use some about now. He is never too lofty to hear, and we are never too far out of plumb to call. From the beginning of the Bible to now, Christ appears throughout Scripture as the Great Counselor. He makes His offer of consolation to us again and again from the first to the last book. Revelation 3.20 Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him and he with me. Now pay attention here. Who's he talking to there? Right, he's talking to the church. When Jesus enters in with us, there is consolation and comfort for every weary soul, for our wounded and sad hearts. Within the word comfort is the idea of raising up the faithful by the Lord's strong right arm and divine support. There is hope. Jesus is our consolation, for the nails which pinned our Savior to the cross are significant to the grace connection of heaven and earth, and in that connection is comfort for those alone in the dark. We don't have to weep in the dark any longer. Seeing as how God's word for comfort is closely allied to his word for mercy, we can conclude that by His mercy, He extends us comfort and consolation. Through His covenant with us, there is something for us beyond our sad circumstances. The action of consolation and comfort grows new beginnings out of the ashes of burned-out lives. God's divine comfort breathes life, the rising springs of water of God's refreshing which He brings to us. When we allow Jesus to comfort us, our eyes can see God's supernatural, strong right arm, and His presence and support become evident. Did you hear all that? It is beyond the simple Merriam-Webster's Dictionary blurb, which once again doesn't even begin to tell the story of what God has for us. Jesus is our comfort. And by his strong, supernatural right arm, he draws us near to himself and wipes the tears from those who weep.
Psalm 94, 19. When anxiety was great within me, your consolation brought joy to my soul. Luke 2.25 Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon, who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. Again, Jesus himself is our consolation. Sufficient comfort and consolation is possible when we begin by seeing Jesus as our comfort and consolation personified the same way we see him as the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus isn't just a way. He himself is the way. He doesn't just know the truth. He himself is the truth. And finally, he doesn't simply have life. He himself is life. And to carry that on, he is our comfort, consolation personified. Luke 11.3 Give us each day our daily bread. I bet most people think that verse has something to do with asking the Lord for bacon and eggs every morning, or at least something about getting food. But that's not what the Lord is saying. It means that Jesus is our daily bread and can be understood as our daily bread in the same way he is our consolation and can be understood as our comfort in this life. John 6:51. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. This bread is my flesh which I will give for the life of the world. I met a woman last week who was raised by her drug-addicted mother and an abusive grandmother. When she grew up, after many failed relationships, she had a child, a beautiful baby boy. As a young, single mom, she gave her life to Christ, and things were better than she had ever known. She worked hard, and as a result, She had a babysitter keeping her child. Well, tragedy struck when she got the call that due to abuse and neglect by the sitter, her child died. She was alone in the world again. From her perspective, God and her child were the only ones who had ever loved her. And not only was the child gone, but she felt far from the Lord. Twenty years later, she was still an emotional wreck. She couldn't hardly get ten words out of her mouth before the tears just started pouring from her eyes. Can you imagine living like that for twenty years? She had prayed many other times, But I guess the day we prayed wasn't going to be like any other days. When we prayed for rest and consolation on that day, 20 years after her child died, something shifted. The air got sweet and bright. There came the faint smell of vanilla and grapes in the room. And suddenly she brightened and laughed and said through her tears that Jesus was inside and out, and she felt light. Jesus came near and comforted her wounded heart. 
Interestingly, in the time of her visitation, she said God had made her to know some wisdom. He said, Of course, I don't want you to forget your little one, but it's like a newspaper. What happened 20 years ago cannot be allowed to continue to occupy space on your front page news every day. I will not forget him or you, but let me put your memory of him in its rightful place, and you and I can get on with your life. Jesus was her comfort. She could either continue to weep in the corner or let Jesus comfort her heart. The future will come one way or another. Jesus changed her mind and heart. God truly is the Lord of all comfort. Hebrews 7.24 But because Jesus lives forever, he has a permanent priesthood. Therefore, he is able to save completely those who come to God through him, because he ever lives to intercede for them. Psalm 16.11 You have made known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence with eternal pleasures at your right hand. God's consolation and comfort is not just for us to hide away. I mean, yes, it is for us, but also for us to give away to others. If God gives you something, it is also yours to give away too. If we look up consolation in Webster's Dictionary, we are handed the silly definition of to console. Right, like we didn't know that already. So, to continue on, if we look up console, it says, see comfort. Ha! <sighs> now I want you to know, from God's perspective, comfort is not consolation. In scripture, they are two different words. Although sometimes the translators exchanged comfort for consolation, and sometimes even translated console as repent. Ultimately, though, the buck stops with God, and from his perspective, console and consolation mean God who is our shelter, supports us in our times of need with truth and grace, with truth and grace nailed to support by way of the cross of Jesus. He literally breathes deeply after us with a physical display of compassion. 
we can see his consoling heart in Hosea 11.8. It says, How can I give you up, O Ephraim? How can I hand you over, O Israel? How can I make you like Admah? How can I treat you like Sibiyim? My heart reconciles. My heart recoils within me. My compassion grows warm and tender. Interestingly and additionally, within the word console and consolation, there is a tension of encouraging others to come home. The Lord comforts us in our sorrows so that we may console others. I don't know all of the answers or the reasons there is suffering in this world. Although I personally have suffered some terrible things just like you. Most of us understand very little about the mystery of suffering. But what I do know about suffering is that it reduces everything to its lowest common denominator. And in the middle of life's vicious circumstances, Jesus is our comforter and consolation without fail. Some other things I know about suffering are that it adds meaning and dimension to even the smallest things. It reduces culture to a classless society. In other words, everybody suffers the same. And it teaches us to grow. Lastly, in the middle of suffering, we don't realize how much courage we've got until all our options are done and there are no others. Opposingly, we don't realize how powerless we are until all efforts are spent and yet the situation remains the same. Rest your hope in the person and power of Jesus Christ, for he has proven himself faithful, faithful throughout the history of his people. He has not left you to suffer alone, but provides you with comfort in his Son. God calls troubles light affliction which is but for a moment. Sometimes it truly is challenging during our difficulties, but God sees around corners. We are encouraged to look not only at what is presently happening, but to look at things which are not seen using insight and foresight understanding present and future spiritual realities. God is present always and already has a solution to every problem. He is faithful, faithful, faithful to always provide a way of escape so believers can patiently endure and cast their cares on Him knowing He cares for them. Think about it.
The Holy Spirit and the Word of God give us comfort, and God's consolation and comfort is strengthening, encouraging, inspiring, and gives hope. God's comfort is not given so that people can just sit around, as one friend would say, waiting, wishing, wanting, and whining, but rather to get busy, live for Christ, and move forward in faith. The Lord is God of all comfort in 2 Corinthians 1.3. In Jesus is kindness and support toward those who breathe strongly because of sorrow. He has comfort for those who weep in grief, who sit in a corner and cry softly. I don't know what grief does, maybe probably not much of anything, but somehow it's important to our process. The Lord is compassionate and kind to sad and weeping hearts and is the master of consolation. 2 Thessalonians 2, 16-17 Now may our Lord Jesus Christ himself and our God and Father who has loved us and given us everlasting consolation and good hope by grace comfort your hearts and establish you in every good work and word. I'm Social Porter, and this has been Outposts, Cool Jazz and Contemplative Conversation, broadcast semi-live from the deck of a rural cafe at the end of Old Field Road. This evening's production has been brought to you by Living in His Name Ministries, the brilliant and upwardly mobile crew at WK Studios, Jim at His Heart Missions, Byron and Becky, Good old Eddie down at Area 22 Guitars. Man, that guy knows his stuff. And of course, our good friends, Jeff and Karen at Trinity Bakers, where there's always something good in the oven. Next week should be exciting and different in that it will be Western Swing Night, a type of cowboy jazz, so be sure and catch the program. Music this evening was by Andreas Ober. Andreas Wollenweider, Yellow Jackets, Joe Sample, and Alan Broadbent Trio, Phil Keggy, and Mike Stern. All music uses licensed by BMI. If we have nothing to rely on, or we forget our blessing and sink into our circumstances, thereby becoming circumstantial, then discouragement begins to take hold. We need hope and peace. Be encouraged, because the Lord is there with us in our affliction and is not leaving us unloved or uncared for. It is time to refocus on Jesus. Amen. Lord.